This podcast is called Obsessed. Joseph Scrimshaw and his guest get some secrets off their chest. You should listen. It's the best. Hello and welcome to Obsessed with me, Joseph Scrimshaw. I'm sitting in my home with the other person who lives in this home and is the other person on this podcast. It's Sarah Scrimshaw. Hello. Hello. How is the world? Oh, goodness. <laughs> I keep trying to find uh, friendlier and easier questions to answer to begin the podcast than how are you. So, and I keep making it worse. <laughs> so I, I'll take that one back. And here's here's an easy question. Do you like cheese? I do like cheese. Okay, that's going to be my replacement for how are you. And <laughs> <laughs> the world, the answer is it's on fire. <laughs> uh, hopefully... None of the cheese is on fire unless it's intended to be delicious flaming cheese. Yeah, that sounds good, too. Yeah, I like flaming cheese. Yeah, intentionally flaming cheese. Intentionally flaming cheese (laughs) is the best kind of flaming cheese. (laughs) Anyway, uh, let's get into uh, our topic for this week, which is time travel. I like that the topic is time travel, and I'm just being really direct and not wasting any time and getting right to it. you and I uh, often have a, a fun moment here in our, uh, our home, our studio, <laughs> where we'll brainstorm like, we've got, what, what are we thinking about? What, you know, anything coming up that we're going to watch? Is there anything kind of on our mind? And I just said time travel. And you said, yeah. And then when I sat down to make my notes, <laughs> I realized I didn't really give any thought to why I blurted out time travel. Like Oh, fun. Yeah. Like, obviously, I think um, I like time travel, a lot of stories with time travel that I enjoy. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think the reason it was on my mind and the reason it just sort of uh, blurted out is the weird time distortion of the last year and a half mm, or so, yeah. right? That feeling that you and I were talking not in podcast related terms about 2020 feeling kind of like we skipped a year and like things that happened in 2019 were a year ago but also it feels like we've now been living in the in this sort of new normal for uh, a thousand years oh <laughs> and things yes. that happened in 2019 were uh decades ago yes uh, it does not help that it seems like in general for the 80s and 90s the term late 1900s is now being used oh god <laughs> i saw that that it was on hbo max of classics of the 1900s and then I saw some uh, friends on social media who are teachers sharing that's becoming standard that younger students are saying, like somebody posted a picture in, and I think people thought it was a joke, but it was true of like, uh, despite being made in the late 1900s, The Matrix is a very relevant film. Like One thing is 99. But anyway, oh I'm going gosh. off on a tangent. The point to me is I think I've been thinking uh, about time travel because we've been living through a time where time feels distorted in lots of different ways. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry, I'm still processing that. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> just being fully honest here. I am still processing it's late a hell of 1900s. A thing to just dump on someone. I'm sorry. I should have warned you ahead of time. <laughs> it's all good. <laughs> I would have to process eventually. Uh so that uh that was some of the reasons that time travel is on my mind right now. But why did you so vociferously say yes? When I suggested time travel as a topic, why is it uh, emerging in your mind or soul, do you think? It sounded fun to talk about (laughs) and fun to think about and fun to see what tack you are going to take. Um, Because oftentimes, including this time, you write up the questions and I hear them for the first time on the podcast. Yeah. um, Which is 
great for me, more work for you, but that's that's how the system works. And, uh, and systems can't be changed. We know that, apparently, from the horrors of the world. Sorry. Sometimes we change our systems here. Sometimes I interview you and I ask questions. That's right. Systems so are, should evolve. Systems can change. Yeah. But this was our system for this time. Yeah, the system didn't evolve this time. So let's get into some of my questions. Yeah. Um, do you do you feel like like time is flowing normally now or or is it still hard for you to like remember what year it is or tell me a little bit about how you are processing this time oh i am so confused (laughs) i have written within this week on uh pieces of paper including contracts where you're supposed to get the date right um without even noticing entirely intentionally in fact i have submitted one of them i've written both the year 2020 not to 1920. Haven't done that one yet. <laughs> 2020 and 2022. Okay. So I think we are both in the past and in the future. And yeah, 2020 both feels like um, we're maybe in about April of 2020. Yeah. And things that happened in 2019 are kind of in that vague place. Excuse me, 2018 are kind of in that vague place where they feel like they're only about a year ago. Right. <laughs> but at the same time, 2020 feels like it was about at least 24 months long. Yeah. It just feels, it's like that taffy. Like you pull, like Laffy Taffy, if you pull on it, like it just stretches, but then it's got holes in it. And sometimes you pass through the holes and that's your time travel. And sometimes it's really thick and stretchy and you can't get through it. And that's the, that's the quicksand of the time travel. I like that is a new term for (laughs) time travel of we're through the taffy hole. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> no, I think that's perfect because I almost that's the way this particular uh, uh, time warp of my mind and my soul feels. It feels like because there is so much sameness in the pandemic and in, in quarantining uh, that it is this one moment that's been stretched out. So on one hand, it feels ridiculously short. There's a practical element where lots of things that we would normally do have been put on hold. So it's almost just like, we're all just pausing time, but then it also seems like it is stretching on forever. So one moment stretched forever. Like, yeah. like it feels like the entire pandemic has been a Wednesday. <laughs> really entirely true. Also feels like it's been, I don't know, like I'm the third week of September or something. Like I, I just, this is very specifically um, for me, but I imagine other people have had this too. I am today was walking around at work going, oh, I really need to I really need to make time to do these specific tasks. And there are tasks that have been on my to do list, but don't exactly have a due date for months. I think I had that conversation with myself on a Wednesday in the middle of September, which is why I'm saying it feels like September. And I don't even remember what April we're in April right now. Thank you. (laughs) Uh, So, yeah, no, I total time loop. Yeah. The time is just early 21st century, right? Totally. I mean, that's always what time it is. I think you should just write that into early, every contract. <laughs> this is due oh, gosh. in the early 21st century. No, that's extremely stressful, obviously. Sorry. Uh, okay, so you are also feeling uh, the, the strange time dilation, compression, and all, all those other words. I uh, am. Yeah. <laughs> yes, emphatic uh, yes. All right, so let's now that we've established why we're uh, feeling uh, uh, excited to talk about time travel, let's mm-hmm. talk about time travel, actual time travel, instead of just the sensation. Yeah. Do you have any first 
memory of being aware of the concept of time travel? No. I was, as we were sitting down about to record this, I was like, oh, I totally forgot to think. When did I first think about this? Um, you know, I'm sure it had to have been some sort of uh, TV or book. Right. I mean, would be the places that I would have would have come into contact with it. Um, the first thing that I remember, but I know it is a concept that I had already heard of before, but I was fairly young, um, like elementary school, when I first read A Connecticut Yankee in King Arthur's Court. Ooh. And that concept of person out of time and yeah. person going to see a different time and see what it was like, and also having some, um, you know, possible repercussions um they made a really big impression on me i know i had seen time travel before that obviously i had seen a lot of tv shows and movies before that that we know include those like hey back to the future (laughs) doctor who yes there's a few of them out there (laughs) yeah i i don't know i'm sure it was in a comic book probably but Mm -hmm. what i remember and i know it can't be the first one is I have this really foggy memory of being at my grandparents' house and having hearing an ad on the television for a movie version of H.G. Uh, Wells' uh, Time Machine. Mm. And I think that I that's the earliest memory I can summon mm-hmm. of, and I don't know if it was an illustration or whatever, of just like the idea of a human in some weird device. And that idea of the um, the choice of it mm. is I think like the earliest memory I have. Cause like, I love what you're saying of that, that compelling vision of someone out of time of like, I have cho- I have made the choice to travel back in time and I am, you know, maybe somewhere I'm not supposed to be. But I think for me, the first image is really like the one of, of choice, mm-hmm. uh, which probably primed me for lots of uh, time traveling on purpose stories, which I like uh, a great deal. Uh, was it just to your to your early uh, recollections of seeing time travel stories mm-hmm. or thinking about it? Um, was it a just a fun and thrilling science fiction fantasy storytelling concept for you, or did your mind break, uh, like uh, uh, go to imagining yourself time traveling? Oh. I was totally going to be the person that, like, when I turned, you know, 16, was going to have the person be like, hey, by the way, you get a magic power, and here you go, time travel. <laughs> oh, that, totally. Okay, so did is, is this part of your, uh, your, your connection to uh, being interested in history? You know, I was thinking about that, and I was like, well, I was interested in this and interested in that, but those are all just plain history. No, I think I just plain had an interest in history from... Um, I don't remember not having an interest in history. I'll put it that way. <laughs> so when you were like three, you were like, what was it like to be two? Let's write an essay about that. Not necessarily my own history, but I had like little kid versions of books that were about like um, Babylon and all these, you know, different places from the past. And I was very intrigued by things like that. Yeah, yeah. I think for me, probably the uh, a strong connection was that fantasy of dinosaurs. Mm-hmm. And we were talking last week, we were talking uh, Godzilla versus Kong about how, how young I was when I saw King Kong. Yeah. You know, and that idea of seeing King Kong and, and Godzilla cartoons or pictures or p- 
posters and seeing these fantasy things. And then that thrill that I think a lot of kids have with dinosaurs of like something that that should be fantasy is real in 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 finding out that the world is capable <laughs> of generating uh, things like that that are that are true but seem like they should come out of a fantasy book so i think i had a real like uh wanting to go you know to the land before time which is another time travel show that i probably saw very young yeah uh, yeah anyway uh let's talk about that let's talk about the early sort of time travel uh experiences for in terms of storytelling mm-hmm. um do you have a favorite time travel story? Uh, if it's Doctor Who, Back to the Future, Quantum Leap, Outlander, <laughs> do you have favorite storytelling about time travel? Wow. Um, gosh, that yes and no. Um, I was a you mentioned Quantum Leap, so I, I need to touch on that for a moment. Please touch Thank on you. Quantum Leap. Yes, uh, I was a big Quantum Leap fan, and I really I think there's something about that of the jumping into a situation, having to deal with it, and then jumping out and straight, straight into another situation. Um, as opposed to some that were a little bit, you know, I mentioned the Connecticut Yanking King Arthur's Court is, you know, one person goes to one location. Mm-hmm. But I liked the um, continual evolution of Quantum Leap, that sometimes you're going forward, sometimes you're going backwards. I haven't seen it since it initially aired, so I don't actually remember very much about it. <laughs> um, but I... But I was, I think I would say that's probably the one that I gravitated toward the most. I mean, it, it was really hard to be a teenager and not have Back to the Future have like a big impact. Yeah. So I would say it certainly had a big impact. Um, but I don't, but maybe Quantum Leap a little bit more. And I would say as an adult or older, then it gets to be more into Doctor Who. But I'd say when I was younger, um, probably more Quantum Leap. Okay. So, uh, Quantum Leap obviously would have an impact because it is week to week and it really is, it's a tour of all sorts of times, right? Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, especially for somebody who is uh, interested in history and then finds the concept of time travel compelling, I mean, it's Quantum Leap then is basically just like a tour, right? Totally. Like, I just got to go rather than just watching, you know, um, a history documentary, not that I would have been opposed to that, but this was a really fun way. And, you know, they often go into places where they were, you know, people of note or um, things of note were happening or things, you know, it was, it, it was like a little, a little tour de force of, of historical moments and a really fun, short, you know, 42 minute way to like bop in and bop out before dinner time and, or between dinner and homework or whatever time it aired. Yeah. Yeah. In, when you did you see Back to the Future in the theater? Mm-hmm. I have no idea. Or did you see it when it was like a big thing, or was it years later? Um, gosh, I have no idea. <laughs> Weird. Okay, <laughs> well, we'll time travel and we'll figure that out. Yeah. Uh, I was curious when you you're saying it, it had a big impact on you because it was cultural, or you couldn't avoid it. Did you have any strong feelings about Back to Fu- Back to the Future? You know, back in the day, or was it just like that came out and I saw it and I, uh, it was fine. Yeah. Or like, did, did you have any any interest in it? Oh, I was very interested in it. I think you know, I don't know that I saw the first one in the theater. I think I probably saw the second one in the theater. Okay. And so would have rented a VHS. That's how it worked. <laughs> friend's house that had a VCR. I don't know that we had a VCR yet. Anyway, um, it, it was it, it was a thing that I feel like would get watched a lot with friends or you know things like that but I oh absolutely and 
I really, yeah, no. And then they used, <laughs> hi, <laughs> complete words, yeah, vaguely no, complete sentences. <laughs> yeah, no is, I think, one of the greatest uh, words that we have in the language. Uh, I say it often. I completely agree. Yeah, no. Yeah, no. Um, but so I, I think they're on TV at some point. Okay. Uh, which I don't, I don't know why they would have been, but I feel like they were like all three back to back because I, right? I'm not crazy. Probably the, about the there is a third one. I think I'm more interested. West. Yeah, there's a okay. third one in the Old West, and I think I'm more interested in your emotional reaction <laughs> than exactly when and how you saw them. It's just had to make sure I wasn't suddenly remembering the wrong movie. Um, no, I was fascinated by uh, some of the details of it. Um, you know, everything from the photograph and the people disappearing which is now back to the future too perhaps we don't care about details that's back to the future but yes okay there you go um and you know how they're gonna make it work and the science of it like i found all of that very very intriguing and um really fun to think about yeah i think back to the future is probably interesting because time travel is certainly in literature it is in uh, the the geek world, uh, you know, it's in Star Trek. It, it is all of Doctor Who. Uh, but I think there's something about Back to the Future that is really, um, that that movie really took the time to sort of make a, a statement on, to explain time travel and make a statement about how it works. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think one of the times, one of the first times that time travel was, you know, big uh, yeah. for the general population. Obviously, time travels in Terminator. Time travels a bunch of places, but Back to the Future, I think, is really seminal i and i'm so fascinated that the first thing you mentioned is the picture fading because i think one of the significant things about back to the future is uh well other time travel stories certainly have the ooh butterfly wing you you change one thing you'll mess up anything else almost the entire story of back to the future is the terror of time travel like Mm -hmm. the existential dread of erasing your own existence so did that affect you? Did it change how you looked at time travel? Did it make you? Did it? Did it make time travel go from a uh, wonderful fantasy to uh, a thing of existential dread? Oh no, no, not existential dread. I mean, it was a it, if you were lucky enough to be bestowed with the power to time travel, it was a power you should take seriously. You okay, know, and you should have rules or things that you followed or I don't know that I would have thought rules but at least like it was a thing to be taken seriously because there could be um direct consequences right you should always carry a picture of yourself and then if you uh, accidentally <laughs> or surprisingly time travel you can always check in on whether or not you're fading away right and what would happen now if we just went back with our phones would then then we would try to turn them on and they wouldn't work and we wouldn't know <laughs> This is why we all need to occasionally remember to print photos of ourselves. Oh, that's right. We should always, it's, that's, it's, you know, for uh, not just uh, good to have an ID for lots of reasons, but in case you accidentally time travel. <laughs> and if you don't have an ID, just print out a photo of yourself. Just in case. <laughs> These are my, am I disappearing uh, pictures? Uh, <laughs> did, yeah. So I, I really enjoyed uh, Back to the Future. And um, I think I was really affected by it the both like the fun of it it's such a fun movie even though mm-hmm. it's so weird that it's such a fun movie that begins with marty seeing his mentor shot down <laughs> and then uh, you know avoids uh trying to you know uh, have his mother hook up with him and yet yeah it is such a feel-good fun summer movie <laughs> it really is uh but that image of fading away and weakening 
is so so uh powerful mm-hmm. uh, that i think it, it definitely made me even more interested in time travel stories and then once i got really into doctor who for myself which is my my big touchstone for time travel uh a huge part of the fun of time travel stories is embracing the the unknown not only in the the character who is time traveling is often embracing the unknown of you know they don't know how they ended up where they did or they have to figure out a problem or they have to keep themselves from being erased from time or they're trying to fix something uh and don't know if they can do it and don't know how they're going to impact the the future all those different uh ways of embracing the unknown for the character but then i think i started to really become fascinated with um Obviously, there are there are scientific theories, but for the most part, creators can just go, which time travel rules am I going to follow? Right. And we've gotten to the point where that is so well known that probably the most recent famous time travel thing, uh, uh, Avengers Endgame, that's their shorthand of we are not following the rules from these movies. Yeah. And they, they, I mean, they code it as, as jokes and it works really well for Ant-Man, but basically like we are not following those rules. Here are the very specific rules we are following <laughs> related to our Infinity Stones. And I think there's just a there's a fun in that. Like every time travel story you pick up is going to be familiar, mm-hmm. but it's going to play by its own rules or sometimes to the annoyance of people uh, just play willy nilly with all rules. <laughs> <laughs> and that's the difference between what's a good time travel story or not. Um so as an adult, uh, what is the impact of uh, things like Doctor Who and Outlander in the way that you think about time travel? Yeah, I mean, I, I, it all honestly comes back to the I want to do that. <laughs> I, I mean, I, if I boil it all down, that is what it comes down to. Um, I also would be terrified to do that, but that is what it comes down to is just an intrigue with the ability to time travel, how it works, why it works. Um you know, if it's something that can be controlled or not, um, exploration is a huge part of it. I think I just have such a huge thirst for seeing places and experiencing things that it's a way to broaden the um, the opportunities for that kind of exponentially. Yeah. Um, so that that's kind of, I would say, my big picture as an adult, just where it boils down to. But I love... I also just love seeing where other people's creativity takes it because I feel like it both people have, there's both rules like you were saying, but then also sometimes people break all the rules and there's so many different directions that a, you know, kind of quote time travel story can go. And I just, I love seeing what do people create with that? Yeah. Like that using that as, um, you know, like your, your box that you're creating within, I think there's, there's so much that can be done within it, obviously. Um, but I just, I really enjoy it because I feel like some things are expected and some things are totally unexpected. And I enjoy that experience of being like, ooh, what did these creators come up with? Yeah, absolutely. I think that for me, like the fascination of Doctor Who as a kid is almost just it, both the idea, but also the aesthetic. Mm-hmm. of there's I think that might be part of what was sort of um, comforting about a show like Doctor Who for someone like myself and I think many people who maybe felt a little out of step like you know weren't necessarily popular at school or felt uh, awkward or anyway like the the doctor uh, all the different incarnations of the doctor uh, mm-hmm. are confident in who they are 
Like, mm. they, we get into the new series, and, and the Doctor has some moments of, uh, of existential crisis and, and identity crisis. But particularly in the classic series, the this picture of this this person traveling from all sorts of places in time, future, uh, past, present, um, but also different planets that have their own <laughs> time. Mm-hmm. It's not just like, I can travel in space. It's, you know, th- those planets he can visit at different times too. Like Earth's not the only one that has. Here's the Roaring Twenties. <laughs> you know? And now here's the, the 1940s. You know what I mean? Um, but with being confronted by the different ideas at different times Mm -hmm. and this person manages to sort of um, get through all of that to the humanity Mm -hmm. and you know the doctor is never going to really change who they are but every time they land particularly in a place in the past they get caught up in the systems in the perspectives of that time yeah and to have a character like the doctor who needs to kind of be respectful of time can change some events but can't change others Mm -hmm. can't change things that directly affect his own life Mm -hmm. uh but is also willing to go like okay i'll i respect that belief that you have right now but this other one that's you're trying to tell me a way i have to be because that's the way you did then no (laughs) it's a really interesting way to play with you know um have how to be oneself while also respecting you know the situation in the culture you find yourself in yeah i think that's a really great point um, and some a, a really interesting way to look at time travel stories. Yeah. Of how is it, who are you, what's going on, how do they affect each other or not. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I think that's really what a lot of the, the time travel rules uh, are, you know, depending on the kind of viewer you are, like some people want things to make sense. But for me, I think a lot of what the time travel rules uh, uh, boil down to is, is is time fragile you know mm-hmm. it, it, are your characters like everything they touch is glass you know and they could make such a mess by even brushing one little uh, glass object yeah. off the glass shelf onto the glass floor you know or and i think this is what i really enjoy about some time travel stories as an adult or is it that time really has its own thing and there are some things you can change and some things you can't like uh New Doctor Who got really uh, solid with this after after years of thinking about it. Of there are fixed points in times, in time mm-hmm. there are things that Doctor can't change. Period. And some great episodes about Doctor getting stubborn and trying to change them anyway. Yeah. Or uh, Outlander, mm-hmm. like that whole second season that we watched, second book where they're trying to avert a major historical event. And times just kind of like nah. Yeah. You can you can fudge some stuff around the edges. You can save this person or that person, or you can maybe move some crops around, but that you know major military action no it can't be changed yeah and that's fascinating to me too uh because i think a lot of the fantasy of of time travel is exploration Mm -hmm. but as soon as it becomes even remotely personal it's about what can we change what should we change you know if i changed my own life in some way would i still would i lose some of the good things i have in the future in the idea of a a a existence of time that time itself sometimes goes, sure, take what you want. It's your, your funeral. And other times, time is like, no, period, no. Yeah. And this idea of just time is a force itself. Yeah, yeah, I love that. Yeah. So is there anything from 
your adult experiences of time travel narratives, uh, things like more <laughs> modern Doctor Who, Outlander, mm-hmm. Avengers Endgame, any of that stuff that sticks with you or resonates or makes you enjoy uh, time travel narratives. Um, goodness, yes. Uh, so, so many things. That's a. Um, I think. Um, sorry, I'm just trying to gather my thoughts here uh, because it's a very large question. <laughs> it is a very large question. Just throwing that out there. Does anything resonate with you? <laughs> nope. No. Goodbye. Yeah. No. Um, yeah, I think, um, you know, different types of stories, I think, resonate in different ways. For some, it is very much the, the exploration of a, of a different time period. I mean, I think that's part of um, the fascination for me with Outlander is, um, you know, both the, the books and now the TV show of, you know, it's a chance to, to step into a historical time, but it's got the element of time travel. So you have... I think I like the idea of past and future coming together in a variety of different ways, Mm -hmm. whether it's a person from the now going to the past, whether it's a person from the past coming to the future, somebody coming, people coming in the middle who are a little bit from both. I really, I find that melting pot um, as a really interesting place to tell stories from. Mm. And so I think that's one of the big things that particularly with Outlander that, just fascinates me right yeah because there's there's multiple layers right because we are watching it at a certain time but our our time traveler from the future mm-hmm. <laughs> is from what the the 40s when she initially travels right or the 50s um no goodness gosh uh no the 30s the 30s right okay uh right. hasn't she no. been through the world second war world war yes yeah i was gonna make it be the first world war for a second <laughs> yeah uh we're we're time traveling yeah yeah so it's like 40s yeah so mm-hmm. the person who goes back to uh oldie time scotland <laughs> that's an official uh time mm-hmm. time uh trademarked trademark time um time marked time marked <laughs> she's got a lot of our modern perspective but also at the same time no <laughs> yeah. because now she's like 80 years in our past mm-hmm. initially when we meet her uh, but yeah, it is a really fun way, especially that show, to really just kind of get to what are what are core human values, and what are things that like yeah, Jamie, the the Scottish character, probably never would have questioned about the way he did his life. Mm-hmm. But then when Claire's like, no, we we don't do this, or we absolutely do do this, and this is why he's like, oh, weird, but okay, mm-hmm. <laughs> I see where you're coming from. Yeah. It's strangely kind of hopeful, right? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I think so. Yeah, and she chooses to live in the past, so obviously it mm-hmm. is not all horrors. Right. Yeah, and kind of chooses which which things of the past she'll just leave alone and which things she'll kind of try to change. Yes, kind of try to change indeed. Uh, cool. Any other uh, specific uh, reactions to the more recent time travel stories that you wanted to share? Oh, you know, I just, I I think, um, it, I've, I'm sorry, I feel very big picture and um you know morphous right now but it's just i really enjoy seeing where they go as a way for us the viewers to stretch our concepts of humanity and yeah I, I, I think it really um is a way to say what would you do in this situation right it is a great way to make to take sort of the glossy veneer off of uh, this isn't just a thing in a book. This is a active choices that humans needed to make. Mm-hmm. And so if you were there, then what would you have done? Because it's easy for us to look back at history books and go, 
well, these are the people who clearly made the right decision. So I, being a good person, <laughs> would, of course, have done that thing. Right. But then, you know, it's really different when you find yourself truly in the middle of it. Yeah, yeah. Or like, you know, if you think about Doctor Who, whether it's an episode that goes toward the past or toward the future, when you are the one who's there and doesn't really know what's going on, but you're trying to make the decisions that are the best for yourself, for your companions, for these people that you've run into who have your, you know, if you're Doctor Who, there's a problem going on. Um, <laughs> you know, what are you actually going to do? And I feel like it it just it's a different um it's a different way of adjusting that lens so that it's a different way of bringing the viewer on for the ride. Yeah. And a little bit putting the viewer in the the um not the driver's seat, but just the really hitting it home. Yeah. What would you do? Yeah, the the yeah. Yeah. Not, we all yell at our TVs. Yeah, it, it could have been called Doctor What Would You Do? <laughs> <laughs> and you can decide. Um so we're going to talk more about time traveling to the past, which is I think often myself when I think of time travel, that's where my mind goes. Oh, interesting. Um and a lot of uh time travel stories about traveling to the past are of course not entirely historically accurate <laughs> <laughs> for many, many reasons. Uh, but of course, if you're having somebody time travel to the past, you can take a swing at making it accurate. Mm-hmm. If you have somebody time travel to the future, it's a much wilder swing Yes, <laughs> about it is. making it accurate. How do you feel about that? How do you feel about um, Back to the Future is a great example where, you know, the first one goes to the past mm-hmm. and, you know, there's, uh, you know, a lot of stuff that like, yes. That may or may not have been accurate about X, Y, or Z, but that's what cars look like. <laughs> that's right. what people wore. That's what people ate. Uh, lots of things like that. And then Back to the Future 2 famously jumps to the future. We right, have now right. gotten past where it went to. Uh, and, and, you know, it nailed some things, but not a lot of things as well. Uh, <laughs> and I remember the last time that you and I watched uh, Back to the Future, which was many years ago to prepare for a live version of this podcast. Wow. Uh, we watched some behind the scenes things and you know the behind the scenes people are talking about like yeah it was it was wild to go from recreating the 50s to guessing what the future would look like yeah and they jumped forward to uh i believe 2015 okay yeah because i think it's all set on fives okay uh so anyway point of that being how do you feel about time travel as a way to take wild and or maybe educated guesses about what the future is going to be. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> what do you think is the value in that or why do you love it? Um, I I just, I, uh, I like a few different things about it. For one, one very specific one that's been on my brain is I like to um, imagine time travel to the future, to imagine that we figured out how not to kill the planet. So, <laughs> I very specifically have environmental time travel fantasies. I'll okay. be honest. Um, I just, I feel like it's so interesting because, you know, a lot of time travels to the future, I feel like lately that have been coming up are very dystopian, but sometimes they're not. And it's, it can be a little bit in the future. It can be a lot in the future. Um, and I just feel like it's so fun to take this wild swing. Yeah. And, and like you said, some are very educated based on certain things and some are just fantasy world. Yeah. But I I don't know. I just find it really fun. And there's something to me that's a little bit 
that can be optimistic about choosing to look to the future. Right. Because I feel like, again, not always, but often looking to the past can be nostalgic, can be lots of other things also, but looking to the future can be optimistic, can be lots of other things also. There. How's that for caveat? <laughs> not even caveat. Just like a refusal to commit to a certain answer. Uh, we, well, we are not in a fixed point of time. You don't have to. Uh, There's not a fixed uh, answer in the podcast <laughs> or a fixed point of time. That we um, know of. Yeah. So when you, you're, let's go with your gut reaction mm-hmm. that traveling to the future could help you prevent the total destruction of our planet. <laughs> or at least provide hope. That at some point things get figured out or get better. Okay, so you would want either a story or a real-life experience where you travel, say, 100 years in the future, mm-hmm. and the planet is still here, and you could go to a, a We Saved the Planet museum, mm-hmm. and you could read about what changes and when and why and have a little bit of faith restored? Yeah, or I mean, I don't even need to go to a museum if I'm there, and it's like, okay, things are growing, there's green space. There's still animals. Bees are still here. Cool. Okay. Awesome. People are still eating. Uh, people are still being people. So there's, you know, good, bad, and all in between. But I feel like, um, yeah. Okay. So here's here's a fun, twisty time travel question. <laughs> so I, I totally hear just the emotional, I would love to just pop 100 years in the future and know that we work it out. Great. That makes sense. It's just an emotional thing. If you were able to travel, let's say, 100 years in the future, mm-hmm. and you found out the critical moments that uh, that truly made a difference, mm-hmm. either something that really seismically changed public perception or, you know, a lot more uh, studies and articles are really coming out about how we need large corporations and industries to change. Mm-hmm. We can all individuals have the best carbon footprint ever. And it won't make a difference. So if you could find out like what moment that what corporation or technology changed, mm-hmm. you gather that information and then you bring it back here to the current time. Would you feel just content in the knowledge that I leapt to the future and I know it's fine? Or would you feel a compulsion to make sure those events you learned about happen? Oh, goodness. The latter. <laughs> Sorry for the dumb question. Sorry. <laughs> no, I love it when you're uh, when you're like, of course. No, yeah, no. Yeah, yeah. Like, I wouldn't feel the need to necessarily go do the changes. If it was something that I had the power to do, I would not be like, la, 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 la. I know the solution, but you all have to figure it out. But I, I think I very much would want to be like, okay, how can I be getting the information that I need to find out if things are going in the correct direction. And, okay, this should be happening around now. Oh, yeah, are you kidding? Of course I would be keeping my eye out to see what happened. Okay. Because I'd feel like somehow otherwise going to the future, I messed it up. (laughs) Right. So if you knew that, okay, the defining moment that really makes the shift that saves the world uh, happens in... I almost said a year that has already passed. That's how far in the future we are. Because when I used to be watching time travel things, they were set in the the 2000s. Uh, At least some of them. Anyway, point being, if you discovered it was 2032, Uh that was the year where this thing happened. And 2032 was was getting there and you didn't see any sign of it happening. Mm -hmm. Would you you try to do something to... 
Ooh, well, I mean, it depends a little bit on what it is. If it's something where there had been a gradual swell and then things kind of crested, mm-hmm. I would be looking for signs of the gradual swell. But if it was this major, uh, you know, catastrophe happens and in response, then I would, um, you know, try not to be where the catastrophe happens. <laughs> uh, but if it's not a thing that it depends, I guess it depends on if it's gradual or sudden. Okay. Or, you know, or somewhere where on that continu- continuum it lies. Okay. I love this. I, I love that <laughs> the, the future time travel for you is, is truly about uh, making sure that we get to have time. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I mean, and that, that is totally just this week's um, obsession with time travel. I, I think it's a pretty good one to have. I also would be thrilled to time travel to a time when we can travel in space um, and be able to travel in space, you know, without having gone through all of, not not that I don't want to do all the work to be an astronaut, but I haven't done it. So it's probably not going to happen at this point <laughs> in my life. So a time when that is, you know, we're, we're living a version of the Jetsons life. Right. Right. If there is like some on earth, uh, amazing high speed rail. You yeah. Know, or if it is like, yes, no, the ships go back and forth to the moon colony all the time. It's like a two hour trip. What's the deal? Yeah. 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 We, you know, we go to people go check out the moon of Jupiter that. OK. Yeah. Yeah. OK. So how would you feel? I didn't mean to ask this many questions about future travel, but it's so interesting. <laughs> how would you feel if you went 100 years in the future? Uh huh. And you could travel to what did you say the moon of Jupiter? I I said one of the moons of Jupiter. One of the moons. Of, one. Okay, I don't. Yeah. I, <laughs> I'm not a lawyer trying to pin you down on which moon. Which I don't moon? remember. There's one or two that people think are the most likely to be able to, uh, you know, have uh, life, support life. That's the word, support. Life. Got it. Got it. Okay, so you have you had the the life supporting moon in mind. Yep. All right. If you went in in the future and you could totally take a, a transport there and. Mm-hmm. You know, fashions were different, technology was different, attitudes were different. But pretty much when you got on the the um, ship, mm-hmm. it was like a bus. It was like public transportation. And people were just <laughs> like, uh, yeah, I got to got to help my son move. He's changing, changing where he's living on the moon of Jupiter. If it was just like mundane, how would you feel? so excited <laughs> oh my gosh i mean because it isn't mundane to me at that point um yeah i mean i would hope if it's public transportation that it doesn't actually take the you know 25 years or however long it actually takes to get yeah. there uh, i would hope we have tra- faster travel by then yes so i'm looking forward to faster travel faster travel exact change do you want to be able to use exact change oh i mean oh, yeah i mean i want <laughs> i want to be able to keep a piece of future money yeah absolutely Future money, of course. Mm-hmm. Uh, do you think that time travel stories about the future, do you think that they have a responsibility because they can actually shape the future that we shoot for? Actually, I, I yes and no. Okay. <laughs> Let's not be too strong here. And just that was yeah. a, a great wind up to backing off. Actually, maybe. <laughs> a little kind of sort of. Um, I feel like they can. I feel like... Um, it is up to the creators if they want to take on that responsibility of um, trying to create some ideas for the future. Um, because I think I think there's different there's different reasons for telling stories, right? And I feel like that is a burden 
that doesn't belong on every single story that is set in the future. Absolutely. Yeah, I, I'm just fascinated by it in terms of uh, authors, creators can only control the reaction to their own work so mm-hmm. much, right? Right. Like something like Star Trek, which has time travel in it, but was set in the future, is set in an optimistic future almost with the look, we can be better. Look, let's try to be better. Totally, yeah. And that's had real-world ramifications. Endless amount of people saying, yes, I went into uh, science or I became a doctor because of this doctor or, you know, any number of, you know, all of the various uh, spacecraft that have actually been named Enterprise, right? Mm -hmm. Um, Down to, like, the the phone, our phones are, like, you know, uh, very much farther advanced than (laughs) the communicators on Star Trek, you know? Yeah. Uh, The iPads are basically like what they were using in Next Generation, right? Like, uh, so Star Trek is an example of a show that I think had that in mind. Mm-hmm. But I could just write something for absolute fun, and it could take off in some way that I never intended. Mm-hmm. And people could kind of be like, "Yeah, it's kind of starts as a joke, but we're we're we wanted this device that was in that movie for fun. Oh. Let's start building something like that. Absolutely, and it actually does start to change society. Yeah." Yeah, I think it I think it absolutely has that power. I think it is it doesn't necessarily mean that everybody needs to because I feel like some of the ideas if you're just creating something, you know, whether it's writing or TV or other mediums, um movies, it's um if you're only, if you that's a lot of pressure to be like, okay, this needs to be a certain way just in case it takes off. I mean, certainly everybody <laughs> wants the thing to take off, but I feel like some of the the things that we have grabbed onto for better or worse are some of those fun ideas that would not have been included without, um, without, um, without a bit of whimsy, without the person creating it. I don't, I hope they didn't feel that weight. Oh yeah. No. And I don't, yeah. And I, yeah, I don't think authors or creators should, should, I think everybody should have some level of responsibility of like, what, what am I putting out into the world and why? Yes. But yeah, I don't think if you're having a character travel in the future, I don't think like the people who wrote back to the future too are like, you know, thanks a lot for 2015. Like, (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. But I, I think it's, I mean, I do love that. I find it fascinating and I find it fascinating to watch things that were written before in the future that set in the future and being like, Ooh, how did those compare? And you know, like, like you were saying with back to the future too, some things line up, many things, not so much. Um, yeah, I just I I just think it's it's very interesting and now I want to watch a lot more time travel movies to the future. Excellent. And read a lot more time travel books. Yeah, well then let's go to the past then. On we go. Explored the future. If you could travel back in time and change something, uh some problem, uh would you be tempted to do that and would you be tempted more by something in your own life or your own experiences or would you be more tempted by a, you know, an event, a world event. Yeah, I mean... I mean, I think your life is a, a very important world event. But. <laughs> well, thank you. I mean, I, I I, feel like I would need to try to change some big world things, but right? <laughs> uh, <laughs> it's your choice. There, there's a lot of problems. I don't know that one person, my person, going back in time would be able to, to change things, but I would... Right. If I were specifically going back with like, okay change one thing i i think it would, i would feel more like okay we're just gonna make sure that redlining never happened or right. you know something like that yeah so some big social 
thing is yeah. what you you feel a pull toward. It's where my brain's at today. Understandably so. Do you have any of that pull to meddle with your own life or have you absorbed too much of the our time travel narratives that teach us okay you could <laughs> you could maybe adjust that one moment where that you feel bad about or whatever but what is that going to do the rest of your life yeah so here's where superheroes come in <laughs> because if i could do multiple timelines um yeah yeah yeah, because yeah. this is a thing that, uh, if I may share, Please. you and I have talked about in our non-microphoned lives a lot, <laughs> that we both have a lot of interests in life. We both have a lot of things we want to do. Um, and I would love to be like, okay, Sarah, number, Sarah A, go this way. Sarah B, go this way. Sarah C, go this way. And just like, and then be able to kind of I guess that just puts me in the observer character, but to be able to kind of pop between them and be like, "Ooh, interesting. Ooh, mm, yeah, bad choice. Ooh, yeah, that that is so great, and I'm so compelled by that. I didn't frame it as a time travel story, but I had started working on on a story kind of like that, wrestling with that, mm-hmm. and I think it's such a fascinating idea to not have the idea of time travel where, okay, you go back and. You know, you you really, really uh, feel bad that, say, you didn't go to, uh, I'm saying a theoretical you, not you. Mm-hmm. It's like somebody goes back in time and says, you know, I had that opportunity to go move to another town and audition for a big show, and I didn't do it, and I really regret that. But if I go and I change that, I'll never meet all these great humans in my life, and then I'll never, and like, that is a time travel story that we're really used to of and a way of thinking about life of accepting what has happened and moving forward. Right. But that idea that without hurting anyone else, you could fracture the timeline and see all the versions of yourself. Mm-hmm. I think some people would find it to just be uh, overwhelming of like, it, it change every little choice. But like, yes, definitely for, for you and I, like for myself, I have lots of interests, creative interests. And some of them I think have, naturally waned and other have really gotten to the point where like I don't have time to maintain these four interests so I gotta let one go mm-hmm. but to just kind of grab myself at like 18 and go you <laughs> are doing just live theater you mm-hmm. are just doing stand-up comedy <laughs> you are just writing trying to write and direct film like you are just going to go somewhere and meditate and see what happens with that. You know, <laughs> right? Like, you that's are just going to collect action figures and live in a basement. See how that turns out. Who knows? Yeah. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Oh. That's mm. a very pleasing thought. <laughs> multiverse. <laughs> multiverse. Multiverse. Now, if you did travel back in time to warn someone about a specific event, mm. um, do you think they would listen? Oh, because we I always mean, think of it yeah. from the perspective of the responsibility of the time traveler of, um, you know, uh, uh, can I do I have the right? Will I screw things up? Yeah. But it's fun to think of it of is it even remotely accomplishable? Yeah. I mean, I think it's really hard because especially depending on, OK, you're time traveling. Where do you land? As in, like, is the event that you're trying to prevent in an hour, in a day? In two years? Yeah. Are you anywhere near where it happens? Uh, Because if you're just the person who's running around saying something that does not make any sense to the people who are there, they're not going to listen to you. Right. Is my uh, assumption. 
right. me saying that strongly. Like, and so I've gone through this before. Hmm. <laughs> um, but yeah, your your question was whether they would listen. I I think it'd be really hard. Yeah, I think that's one of those things where you do need to do something like now jumping to the Outlander example where you've got um, Claire, the time traveler, has gone back and she is fully integrated into um, the life of this clan. And that's why she's able to, you know, tell her sister-in-law, hey, make sure you plant some potatoes and things in addition to the other crops you normally plant. Right, so, she just plant, popped up and wasn't involved in the clan, didn't know her sister-in-law, and she was like, potatoes! Yeah, or yeah. just to a random stranger. I mean, they would have <laughs> just killed her. Yeah, and I mean... And I don't mean in any way to suggest that time travel stories don't deal with this. There's lots of time travel stories of people trying to convince someone to listen and, mm-hmm. and prove that they have. We just uh, rewatched um, Edge of Tomorrow, right? And yeah. That's kind of a tra- time travel story in that it's a time loop story. Mm-hmm. And there's, you know, great scenes of uh, the Tom Cruise character mastering what he needs to say to different people to get them to believe him quickly. Right. But I mean, that's a real time loop story. And there's so endless examples of this, of, you yeah. know, listen to me. But I'm kind of fascinated with it because narratively, creatively, it's a little bit of this uh, a conundrum. Mm-hmm. Because we've all seen the story and it's logical that, you know, you would pop onto, you would appear uh, to JFK, you know, in Dallas when he's getting into the car and say, no, you, you know, skip the parade or keep the 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 top up or you know whatever mm-hmm. it is you're trying to convince him and of course the logical thing would be like you know you'd just be arrested right but then in in this telling of it we are now so used to that story it gets boring because we've all <laughs> seen that part of the story yeah you know and, and to me that's always a fascinating part of how to tell uh fantasy science fiction genre storytelling when there is a realism part of it, mm-hmm. but as a viewer, you're kind of just like, uh-huh, uh-huh, just uh, just get JFK on board because we know. <laughs> yeah. We know this conversation. Or it's the same thing with, like, I think why we're tired of origin stories with mm. superheroes. Of like, yep, we know, we know, unless it, it unless it really, really helps us understand the character of the world differently. It's like, well, we know the steps of this. Mm-hmm. We know the inciting incident of getting the power. We know the trying the powers out. We know the getting a costume somehow. We know the newspaper spinning with the, the, the right. hero being labeled with that name. Like, uh, so it's particularly in time travel stories that beat, I think of how do you convince the person has become kind of, you got to be really creative about it mm-hmm. to make it engaging. So it was really fascinating for me to think of like, okay, strip away the writerly thing and think of like, if I was in the room with JFK, mm-hmm. And really trying to think of it realistically, is there what could I possibly tell him that would ever get him to listen to me? Mm-hmm. It's gonna rain. It's gonna rain. <laughs> there you go. Uh, we saved JFK. <laughs> very, very easily done. Uh, uh, we already talked a little bit uh, about jumping ahead in time, more than a little bit, a lot. Um, would you like time travel if you could just jump back a few seconds? Basically, an edit undo button. <laughs> I mean, sometimes yes, absolutely. <laughs> uh, a few times on this podcast, I've been like, "Oh, that I totally meant to say this, or that was not clear." Sarah, jump back, redo. I started a few sentences several times uh, on this podcast, so I understand that. <laughs> well, if if that was just an ability that it was known that humans evolved or 
aliens came and gave us bracelets, and we knew that we could all jump back 15 seconds. <laughs> what would that do to our society if we knew in any interaction we were having with somebody, they might have just revised <laughs> that oh, statement? I feel like we would fracture, <laughs> honestly, because you never know. And then they've revised and you've revised. And does it apply to actions as well because hey then maybe that's a great way to prevent some you know car accidents and things yeah or is it just about words and then can everybody be doing it at once yeah so it's just like (laughs) wow yeah two people were having a conversation and kept jumping back at the exact same time would they get stuck in a yeah or like one jumped back five (laughs) seconds before the other one did and then do do they meet each other are they there I love this. If you could only do it like once a week, <laughs> you know, in it, you, those times where you like really, what jumps to my mind is when you really accidentally stick your foot in your mouth. Like yeah. you call someone the wrong name because you're tired, right? You know, or accidentally, you know, swear someone where swear somewhere where you've been asked not to swear, right? Like the once a week for really ha- handling those kind of moments, yeah. Or you know that moment those. where you accidentally walk in front of a car. I suppose there's some you know more high stakes one too. Yeah, no, I th- I think I think once a week that's a good. Yeah, because then there's also that like, okay, is now the time to use it? Is something worse going to happen? I mean, I'm sure then that would be a thing that people would stress about. Of like, I can't believe you know I said this to my best friend, but I already used my 15 second jump back on my boss last week, right? <laughs> or two days ago. Yeah, so. yeah, and like this week I've just totally forgot to use it, and I wish I could rack them up because next week I really like I could have <sighs> used two this week. This is exactly what society would be. <laughs> you would stick your foot in your mouth and say something you didn't mean to, and then you would say, "Oh, I'm sorry, I I I already used my jump back," and then everybody would go. <laughs> Did they really use their jump back? Oh, you're right. Because that's basically what's already happening with happening with text, right? Like, uh, I think we are getting to that point where e- texts are becoming like emails. They're not fun missives between friends. They are another stream of contact. Mm-hmm. So sometimes we don't want to uh, have a conversation right that exact second. So we don't text back right away. And then some of us go, oh, sorry, just saw your text. And now that's the point where, like, it's a joke that you would text that to somebody because everybody knows, no, you didn't. <laughs> there's no way you just saw this text. You just didn't want to respond. Like, so there's like. I've said that to people and I've said it honestly. Well, <laughs> no. I'm sorry. Uh, I have perhaps been spending too much time on Twitter where I'm seeing lots of these kinds of conversations. Wow. No. And there's a whole red receipts. Anyway, uh, the point being. Uh, Get on Android, then you don't know. Uh, there we go i'll jump back in the past and stop myself from ever buying any apple phones (laughs) uh you know i think you know this is really fun to talk about because it sort of brings us back to something that we've touched on a couple times is that there is thinking about time travel really does make me think whether it is correct or not about what kinds of behaviors in humans and our relationships to one another are consistent Mm-hmm. You know, it's why my mind keeps going of like, yeah, you could take a transport to Jupiter, but it would probably just be to like see a show or <laughs> <laughs> go to a bar, you know, uh, that you like there, you know, for a family reunion. Um, yeah, it's it's fascinating. Let me ask you another question about this. Is, I hadn't thought about this until we we're talking about the 15 minutes and the picking different versions 
of your life. Yeah. The different time streams. One of the things I love about Doctor Who is I think it, it's got the fixed point in time rule. But the, the real rule of time in Doctor Who is the, the rules change whenever it fits mm-hmm. the narrative and, and the Doctor. There is no true canon in Doctor Who because it's a time travel show in every Doctor Who story ever, even the ones that contradict one another, could have happened. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and one of the uh, random Doctor Who time things I like is the time streams. Like the different doctors are in their different time streams and they're not supposed to bump into each other and it takes a lot of temporal power or, or there's a has to be a time accident uh, for them to meet. So if there was like a time stream thing where mm-hmm. you could travel back in time and you could fuss with your own life as much as you wanted and it didn't damage anybody else. Okay. How do you think that people would have an appetite if we could all if we're all in our own little time streams, we weren't messing up other people's lives that we could jump back and fuss with our life like a lot? Uh huh. And where I'm coming from is there is uh, a lot of talk when one is writing about it's okay, first drafts are always going to be a mess, just go with it and then you'll fix it. And one of the fun thoughts about that is, well, our lives are all first drafts. <laughs> we we get to do this once. Mm-hmm. What do you think it would be like if it was, it didn't hurt anybody else, but you could j- basically do uh, punch-up passes on your life yeah. as many times as you wanted? Would it start to erode sort of the value of being in the moment and we make our choices? Oh, Absolutely. I think so. I mean, it's it's so tempting, but but I think so, because then you're, I think uh, I, uh, many people also have, a, there's a tendency to kind of think about choices and think about whether they're big things or little things, be like, oh, could I have done that better? Could I handle that differently? Or if I've made a different choice. Um, so if you're, because that's what you're saying, basically, is you can go back and kind of fiddle with that right and go Ooh, i changed this one thing that was not a good idea it actually you know the second act is stronger if i keep this beat in the first act yeah but the thing is we're all connected so yeah. even though we're all separate you know you change one thing in your time stream because you're like nope this this friendship is really important to me but the person that you're trying to keep the friendship with has changed something in their time stream that means that you never meet them yeah and so you are an advocate of let's all stay in the same time stream because anything else is is kidding ourselves that that our lives can I, be in their own little bubble. I I love it. I totally love the idea of it. <laughs> I just But that's the part of chaos. it. Yeah, no, fair enough. Yeah. And this is where Doctor Who benefits by being like uh they're time lords. They know the rules of time. They're in their time streams. Don't worry about it, you know? Yeah. But it, but that isn't the way they use them. It isn't like the fourth doctor's going back to be like, I'll make the first doctor do this. Like, they're staying in their own lane. Yeah. And that's almost more like what we were talking about of having these different versions mm-hmm. of your life or different, you know, yeah, and that chunks I'm of your life. all on board for. Yeah. I want to regenerate for sure. That, that's uh, not really time travel. <laughs> just, just throwing that out there. Um, if you and I were traveling in time together... And we could only meet one famous person and we had to compromise. Who do you think we should meet? Oh, wow. Goodness, well, this isn't a conversation that we've had yet. 
<laughs> well, unless How? you've time traveled. <laughs> How have we not had this conversation? I mean, there's so many different, is it somebody who you want to meet as in like they're a performer and you want to see the performance or you just think they'd be really fun to have a conversation with um, or, you know, they're somebody you admire for some reason. Yeah. Wow. I'm, I'm, there's so many right now that are swirling through my brain. Well, I'm having uh, a hard time. Yeah, sh- uh, shout one out. Um, yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, I'm, I'm really having a hard time with this. Okay. Um, but so one of the ones that jumps out, it would be to meet Frank Sinatra. That, and that's very kind of you, but I, th- <laughs> this is why I wanted to structure the, the question this way. See, if you said we could meet Frank Sinatra, I would say like, yeah, I mean, I would be happy to meet him. I would be happy to just like uh, have a have a drink with him at Musso and Frank. I'd be happy to just see him perform. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I would feel like, is that really the one person that you want to see? Yeah. Wow. I don't know. Who's the one person you would want to see or you would want us to both go see? Yeah, I mean that. This, the, I guess maybe we're just gonna have to take this offline. Take this I, off the podcast. I kind of feel like I need to go make some lists. <laughs> we'll uh, develop this before we get uh, time travel. Yeah, I think if it was just me, it is probably Sinatra. Just seeing Sinatra perform in his prime. Yeah, you know. Uh, but I don't know who that is for you. You know, we would bend the rules. And uh, would you want to see? Is there a ballet dancer you'd want to see? Uh, or I know you're a oh. big Sid Charisse fan. Would you want to see Sid Charisse perform? There's many, but honestly, I think what I would want to do would be in um, 1920s Paris. Oh. I would want to be like the bartender or the person who sits at the next table over from, you know, kind of the whole group of like lost generation, you know, writers that were there in the 20s. Okay. And just be like... The fly on the wall that got to eavesdrop. Okay. All right. You might have talked me into that. That's <laughs> that. I don't want to be the bartender. I don't want to be the suddenly in, uh, in 1920s uh, Paris, you said? Mm-hmm. I don't want to suddenly be the incredibly loud American in 1920s Paris. Oh. Going, I don't know how to make any of those drinks. We're Parisian and we can totally understand whatever language they're all talking in. <laughs> Just throwing that out there. <laughs> okay, perfect. <laughs> it's part of the magic of time travel. Solved. All right. Well, you know, we don't even have to compromise. Yours is better. <laughs> I can at least watch, you know, uh, archival uh, recordings of uh, Sinatra performances. Uh-huh. Cannot watch archival uh, bar discussions from 1920s Paris. Right. So there we go. Look at that. Okay. It's so easy. There. We should have talked about this before in our marriage. <laughs> <laughs> uh, if you could travel back in time, would you ride a dinosaur? Ooh. Um, wow. I mean, as long as I knew it was one of the safer dinosaurs. Okay, you you don't want to uh, ride the old T Rex. I don't really have a need to be eaten. Okay, by a dinosaur. Yeah, fair enough. Well, here's the thing. Let Let's say you can time travel, and you would just you would literally appear on the back of a T Rex. You would have time to look down and go feathers or no. <laughs> You'd ride for a second, and if you fell at all, you immediately blip back, and you're safe. Oh, then I do it. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I just I want to close my eyes, hit the time travel button appear on the back of a t-rex yeah feathers or no enjoy for a moment and then get out of there yeah i kind of want to be on the head of a brontosaurus when they're like reaching way up high to eat oh some yeah leaves on the tree and, <laughs> and then if i fall or if i'm too heavy for them boom 
just back. Oh, yeah. I mean, that's a really nice picture of, of you standing tall on the head of a brontosaurus. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, or whatever the current version of the brontosaurus yeah, is. Yeah, that's like, um, so many things to find out. Yeah, so many things to look up. Uh, here's my last question for you. If you were trying to actively mess up the timeline uh, by bringing something from the present to the past, what might you bring where? Oh, Wow. Wow, these are great questions. Um, I'm going to keep thinking about them. But for right now, you know, my first thought automatically was like, bring a phone. But I, like I was saying before, it wouldn't work. Mm-hmm. So what would really mess up? The goal is to mess up the past. Yeah, the goal is just F things up. Yeah. Um, I would bring like... A motor when it was early enough to be understood how to use it, but before it had been developed. Okay. Yeah. I don't know, I don't know enough about that. that. Like, what a weird, I don't know why I chose that one. <laughs> <laughs> well, I totally understand where you're going because a lot of the technology that we think would be the most disruptive at specific times mm-hmm. uh, is stuff that depends, uh, is that the technology isn't just in the object, right? Right. It's more about the like, I'll bring a cathode ray tube to TV to <laughs> to dinosaurs and then <laughs> uh, they won't, you know, yeah. A, they won't care. They'll just eat me. Uh, and B, yeah, there's nothing planned. Yeah. 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 It's re- yeah. It's really fascinating to think about, you know, what moments uh, would, uh, I think probably moments of uh, great discovery, mm-hmm. you know. Where you could bring something, you know. Yeah. I don't know if it would mess it up, but like, you know, all sorts of civilizations, right? All over the world develop art, right? In, mm-hmm. in some of the earliest art is just sort of like aesthetic of just designs or, you know, uh, that kind of thing. I wonder what it would do if you if you jumped to different civilizations across the world that are having their, their first um, just steps into art and bring them a comic book <laughs> so <they'd be> like, <laughs> I, I see you're 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 writing a little bit of your own history with figures yeah kind of some sequential art sometimes like but but look look at wolverine <laughs> <laughs> that's a great example yeah yeah would that mess things up or would people just appreciate comic books more yeah i mean just think about all the cave art that would now feature <laughs> you know superheroes <laughs> Why is Wolverine in all this cave art? Is it a bison or is it Wolverine? <laughs> any uh, any final thoughts for you on uh, the obsession of time travel? No, this has been very fun. Yeah, yeah. It is really a good uh, mental workout to think about everything that the stories can mean, everything about our own our own desires, our own... Time travel is it's so much about like fantasy and wonder, but mm-hmm. when you boil it down, it is also so much about anxieties, right? Yeah. About accepting the past and moving on about worrying about uh, being concerned for the future about wrestling in our own lives in the present what are moments that are just moments that pass through time and what are moments that are fixed points mm-hmm. you know there's so much uh i think really wonderful uh anxiety <laughs> in yeah. stories of time travel yeah yeah, I think I'm going to start going to think about the list of who to meet, think about what I want to bring back, think about what I want to bring forward, and also start thinking, you know, which thing do I wish I had the 15-second edit button on? 
Yeah, yeah. Use that edit button. <laughs> Get that 15-second time jump edit uh, button ready to go. Uh, I think I'm going to try to remember the the way I was talking about, uh, about uh, Doctor Who, about... Uh, always, of course, trying to be respectful to groups and in cultures and people that I'm around, but also like, uh, be like the doctor, just be yourself. <laughs> Regardless, mm-hmm. uh, do you have a noise to sum up uh, our discussion of time travel? <laughs> like it, nice, uh, nice fast uh, speed noise. Is that the noise that happens when we hit our 15 seconds back button? <laughs> Yes, it is. Oh, that would be horrible if people could hear the noise and know. Yes. And, th- and then you'd be stuck wondering, what did they just say? That would be horrible. <laughs> yes. No, that, that is, is a terrible idea. Th- that, that is the noise of people, you know, wishing back, whooshing back and forth through time. Nice. Nice. Time whooshes. Uh, on a scale of one to ten, how obsessed are you with, with time travel just as a concept? Like a six? Yeah. Yeah, I think that's Maybe. that's solid. Yeah. For the next few weeks, it's going to be a little bit higher. <laughs> yeah. I think I'll give myself an eight because uh, it's just so embedded in a lot of the storytelling that I like. Mm-hmm. And I do think about it more often, I think, than I am aware of about the, you know, the scientific reality of it and what would it really mean and just kind of. Uh, the the concept of time being such an important part of our lives, mm-hmm. uh, but also something that we we tell all these stories to try to wrestle with. Yeah, yeah. I'm sorry. I need to bump mine up because here's the thing: I have been thinking about time travel for the last week or two uh, before you brought this up. Um, so clearly, it is higher than a six. Yeah, we're gonna go with a seven and a half. <laughs> nice nice i i accept your bumping up of time uh, we're on to the plugging section of the show and you can be found on instagram correct yes at scrim street excellent and here are some quick plugs for this very show then we'll do our final questions you can follow me on twitter and instagram is at joseph scrimshaw you can follow obsessed podcast on twitter and facebook is at obsessed podcast you can also check out the Star Wars podcast I co-host that is called Force Center. For info on all my upcoming shows and comedy albums and stuff like that, you can check out my website at josephscrimshot.com. You can, of course, support Obsessed by backing us on Patreon. Full info on that, go to patreon.com slash josephscrimshot. And if you have HBO Max and you want to check out a weird comedy fantasy show, you can check out the show that I'm a writer for. It is called Tigtone. Uh, the current two seasons are up on HBO Max, so check them out if you're interested now we shall go on to our final questions. Mm-hmm. If you could turn anything into a plant by touching it, what would you turn into a plant? Like a real functioning plant? Yeah. Oh, um, plastic bags. <laughs> that is a really, really good answer. Thank you. <laughs> I was going to say sorry, but I'm not really sorry. No, no, no. <laughs> you have a, a really, really good obsession that many of us need to have. Our whole world needs to have. Um which would you rather meet, a talking doll or a talking animal? Um, talking in words that we could understand. <laughs> yes, because in theory, Sorry, we, is... we can meet talking dogs <laughs> all the time. Clarifying. It, there's one outside right now. Um, yeah. Um, ooh. Um, did you say talking dog or talking animal? A talking animal or a talking doll. I wanted to keep it nice and wide open. Yeah. Because it could be a butterfly that flaps around going, hey, <laughs> hey, watch out for my wings. They'll change yeah. everything. Yeah. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go with talking animal. 
Okay. Any specific animal that you'd like to have a chat with? I mean, the butterfly is pretty cool. I want, actually, I want to meet uh, that I can hear and understand. You can hear and understand. A talking hummingbird. A talking hummingbird. You want it to, you want it to just like float by you like it does? <laughs> mm, that's so cool. That's so cool. Final question for everyone on the podcast is always, what is happiness? Happiness is jumping forwards, jumping backwards, and finding your time. <laughs> that is a very good answer. <laughs> and I'm going to write it on uh, the next card that I send someone. Thank you very much for listening. That is our podcast. You've been listening to Obsessed. Joseph Scrimshaw and his guest shared some stories with the rest. Rate five stars if you're impressed. Okay, so here's one other would we want to do this time question. I'm ready. If you could, like when you're playing back uh, audio, if you could slow time or fast forward time, like you're still experiencing it, but it's slower or faster, would you do that? Definitely. Yeah? Well, what would you speed up? Things that are not pleasant. (laughs) And what would you slow down? Things that are pleasant. This is just perfect.